Thank you, Ruth. Um, I've been having a little bit of a think about how we tidy up the chairs after our church service. And um, you've got to see this. We have our video. Is that all right? There we go. You might have guessed. We can't get wheelie chairs in here. It was good, wasn't it? Sadly, we can't get wheelie chairs in here. It was um, just because I wanted an excuse to, to show it to you. Because I just thought you've got to see it. And um, I don't know, in life, we say that, don't we? You've got to see this. I don't know what the last thing you said that about. What is the last thing you point to and say, you've got to see this? Was it a video that went viral? Was it a deal that was too good to be true? Was it a kind of picture of the family or some friends that just makes you smile. What did you point to and say, you've got to see this? Well, in our um, Bible passage that Ruth um, read to us, we get, you've got to see this. It comes up twice, or it's slightly more um, grammatically correct. It says, come and see. So it's in there twice. Firstly, at verse 46, um, Philip finds Nathaniel and says to him, come and see. And then Jesus, a bit earlier, there's a couple of disciples come to him and he tells them, um, verse 39, he says to them, come, he replied, and you will see. And so that's basically what God is saying through this passage to us today. Come and see. Um, Come and see Jesus. You've got to see this. You've got to see Jesus. And I don't know what you're thinking this morning. Maybe you're a little bit sceptical. You know, maybe you've been dragged along um, to church this morning. Maybe um, you're here because you want to get your kids into a school place or something like that. And we kind of think, look, Jesus is old news. He's 2,000 years old. Religion has had its day in our country. We've moved on. Maybe our parents tried Jesus and found him wanting. We can feel sceptical, a bit like Nathaniel. When Philip says to Nathaniel, we found the Messiah, he says, Verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And we could say something like, Jesus, can anything good um, come from him? But Philip's response to Nathaniel is the same um, for us. Philip says, come um, and see. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Come and see. We're going to shine the spotlight on Jesus and try and see some of the immeasurable, immeasurably good that he is in himself Um, and his good um, to us. Come um, and see. Maybe on the other end of the spectrum, maybe you've been coming to church for years. You know, you've prayed a prayer, you've invited Jesus into your life, um, but you've kind of seen him um, and moved on. You know, we're still grateful, we're still thankful for being forgiven, and we're still um, coming along to church, but, you know, in our day-to-day lives, just other things loom larger. You know, we've got a nine-to-five, to keep down. We've got a family to keep happy. Um, 
spiritually maybe we feel a bit dry but we just think well yeah that's that's just life isn't it that's just the way it is well if that's you we too need to hear um, Philip's words um, come and see we're going to shine a spotlight on Jesus um, and see um, more of his goodness um, to us so that's my hope um, for this morning when I pray um, that God would do that with us let me pray father God we pray Um, that you would show us some of the immeasurable goodness of Jesus this morning. Amen. So you've got to see this. You've got to see Jesus. And the natural question is, well, why? What's so great about him? Why do I have to see him? Um, And the answer is, it's because of who he is. This passage is full of descriptions of Jesus. Um, So we'll start at the beginning. We've got John the Baptist. John the Baptist was quite a big deal. People were flocking around him thinking, is he going to be the next big thing? But look what he says, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I don't know if you've seen the um, Netflix documentary on David Beckham, but John the Baptist here is a bit like Gary Neville. You know, he's a great man, but he says, if you want to look at something special, look over there. Um, it's look um, to Jesus John the Baptist he baptized people didn't he so he got them wet he washed them but here comes somebody um, who can clean us um, on the inside so you know in life we get stains don't we stains on our, our hands stains on our clothes and you know most of those can come out with a bit of effort but there are stains that go deeper aren't they stains that go inside us maybe something that we've said or done or thought in the past or something that we didn't do and they can stain us more deeply. But here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Here is somebody who can cleanse um, even um, those things. That's something worth looking at, isn't it? Someone worth looking at. But that's just getting started in our gospel. Um, Let's look at the next thing we get told about Jesus. In verse 41, the first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Or another way of putting that is what Philip says in verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip um, and Andrew both say, the one we've been waiting for thousands of years is here. We found him. Ever since Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, God promised that he would bring his people back to him. He promised he would defeat evil through one of Adam and Eve's offspring. And Philip and Andrew says, that one um, has come. The prophets in the Old Testament looked forward to somebody who would save God's people and who would right all wrongs. That one um, is here. All of God's plans for the world focus on this one. People's hopes and dreams find fulfillment in this one. He's someone worth looking at. And if you've never really looked um, at Jesus for yourself um, before, can I say big questions would be a great thing to come to, a great place just to air your questions um, and think about things more. Do come along, 7.30 tomorrow night. Will it be any good, I hear you ask? Well, come and see.
Um, anyway, the narrative here in John's Gospel, it goes on, um, and suddenly we slow down a bit. So we've had people coming, coming, seeing Jesus, staying with Jesus, calling other people to come, but now we slow down and we get to be a bit of a fly on the wall um, as, as we see Nathaniel um, meet Jesus for the first time. So let's have a look at that. Verse 47. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching him, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. So Jesus knows Nathanael is coming to him. He sees, his com- he sees him coming and he makes a comment. And that comment strikes a chord with Nathanael. It hits home. Look at verse 48. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. It's a bit like turning up at a motorway service station. And as you go through the door, somebody calls you out by name and tells you your GCSE results or your O-levels or, or whatever it is. It's a bit unnerving. How do you know me? Look at verse 48. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Jesus saw Nathaniel before Nathaniel had even heard of Jesus. Before Nathaniel decided to come and see, Jesus had seen him and knows him. He knows everything about Nathaniel. He knows all his strengths, all his successes, all his failings, all his wickedness. He knows Nathaniel better um, than Nathaniel knows himself. And he knows us too like that. He knows our strengths, our successes. He knows our failings, our wickedness. He knows the things that we try and hide from others and the things that we try and hide from ourselves. We all have skeletons in the closet, don't we? We all have cobwebs in the basement. But we can't hide them before Jesus. It's a really scary thing, actually, isn't it, to be completely laid bare um, before somebody else. But the crazy thing here is that Jesus doesn't turn away from Nathaniel, but he turns towards him. And he does the same um, to us too. He knows you um, to the basement, and he stays. He loves you. You're safe with him. So the invitation here is come and see. Come and see the one who has seen you, who knows you truly, who understands you fully and loves you despite of it. He knows our sin. He knows everything about us. The things that we're surprised when we do because we thought we're better than that. He's not surprised. He loves us. He can forgive us. He can change us. Come and see the one who has seen you. And Nathaniel, well, he's captivated. Whatever plans he had for that day, well, they've gone out the window, haven't they? There's something more important. He wants to follow this man, the man who loves him to the basement, knows him to the basement, and loves him anyway. Verse 49, Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Huge statement to say. And I don't know what you expect Jesus to say in response. I kind of might have thought he'd say, oh, well done, you've got it, that's great. Now, we've got this mission, and I've got some things that you could do, let's keep going. But he doesn't say anything like that. He actually says something more along the lines of, mate, you've not seen anything yet. Look at verse 50. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open.'" 
and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Fasten your seatbelt, Nathaniel. You've only had a glimpse of how, God, how good um, God is. There is so much more to come. It's quite interesting here, actually. So see is kind of a, quite a key word. Um, but when Jesus uses that word see, an invitation to people, he always uses it in the future tense. Come and you will see. So it's there in verse 51. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open. And it was there back at the beginning. Come and you will see. Never do we see Jesus in the past. We've not seen him and move on. Never do we just see him in the present, but it's always a call for more. Come um, and you will see. So the video I played at the start, you know, I think it's quite good, um, but you've seen it. You probably don't need to watch it again. And maybe if you're really keen, you might want to watch it once more, but you're not going to keep on going. But Jesus is so different. Um, we stay with him. We follow him. We see more and more and more. And then Jesus, he, he, in his reply here, he kind of riffs off um, a vision that Jacob had in the Old Testament. So Jacob had a vision of a ladder um, leading up to heaven, and there were angels going up and down this ladder, and God was at the top. Okay, and, this, and that's what Jesus is kind of saying. Verse 51, he then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The interesting thing is, Nathaniel, and actually nobody in the New Testament, sees a vision of a ladder or of angels going up and down to heaven. Instead, what Nathaniel sees is Jesus. Jesus is the ladder. Jesus is the gateway to heaven. Jesus isn't a God at the top, but he's a God on earth, God with us, who's walked around and shown us what he's like. Jacob got a momentary vision of God, but Nathaniel got to spend the next years of his life seeing God um, up close, seeing him eat and meet people and interact, experiencing more and more of who God was and what it's like um, to know him, knowing him better and better. And Jesus is more amazing than we can ever understand. Um, there's always more for us to know, always more for us to know about God, but always also always more ways for us to know God um, personally. Seeing here, I think, is quite a great word because um, seeing is more than just facts, isn't it? It's also kind of experiencing. And with the Holy Spirit's help, we see Jesus um, in the Bible. We see how he treats people, um, what he's like. The Spirit opens our eyes that we might see him. And that's why at church, um, the Bible plays such a big role in what we do. It's why we have it on the chairs um, on a Sunday. It's why we have growth groups that want to look at the Bible. It's why we have um, these Bible reading notes so that we can be reading the Bible um, on our own um, during the week. And um, maybe for you, if, if things are feeling a bit spiritually dry, well, can I encourage you to, to read the Bible with somebody else or, or take up one of those opportunities? Um, opportunities to know Jesus better um, and better. But we can't always be reading the Bible, can we? We do have other things to do in our lives. And even there we can experience Jesus. It's as we talk to him 
as we go through our day, as we bring our difficulties to him, our pain, our sadness, as we ask for help, as we ask for comfort, help maybe to love the person that's hard to love, or um, we ask him for help to withstand temptation, or we ask him for forgiveness um, when we fail. It's as we do those things that we experience more of Jesus um, in our lives. What we know about Jesus to be true becomes us knowing him personally. We know he's good and we experience him being good to us um, personally. And here we can be a real help to one another. So as we share our lives with each other, as we are open and honest with one another, as we pray with one another, we can help show, see what Jesus is doing in our lives as we pray for him um, to help us and to be with us. We find that who Jesus is in the Bible is who he is to us. Um, In Jesus, there are unsearchable treasures. Unsearchable treasures. We've got to see um, him. I'm going to give us a bit of a chance now to kind of respond to what we've heard. And in, um, in a moment, we'll have some questions on the screen. Those questions you can talk about with somebody next to you, or you can just think about yourself on your own, but questions to think about. Um, Before that, we're going to have a three-minute clip um, of probably the greatest sermon that's been preached in the last 50 years, a chance to um, come and see, um, come and see more of who um, Jesus is. So those things will run um, by themselves, and then we'll sing a song as Phil introduces us, but the video. Thanks very much. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of hate. He's a king of hate. 